God that those who hear and receive these words would receive them not only in their minds and in their hearts, but deep in their souls, O God, that place where only you and they go. Help us to understand the different layers of your love. Help us, O God, as we understand those layers of love, that we would take them into our world, beginning in this Advent season, as we pray, as we prepare for that Christmas day. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit, that I would do your will and not my own. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. All right, so uh, we told you at the retreat, we, we studied the five stages of love, which was this book, and it was interesting because when, when Alice read it, it you know, it's kind of like, how do you express your love for each other, right? It's kind of a, when you look at the book, it's like, oh, this is about relationships, right? Well, what's the one relationship that we never talk about? Enough, I don't think. It's our relationship with God. And how do we express that love? And how does God express love for us? And what do we do with it? And so we kind of turned it into uh, a retreat topic. And we, we talked about these different stages. Um, there are five of them. They, there's words of affirmation. There's gifts. There's acts of service. There's quality time. And then there's the whole physical touch thing. We, for Advent are going to talk about how do we make this waiting period of receiving God's love, how do we make that actionable? What do we do with it? Well, this week, after you hear the, the reading, we're going to talk about, well, you know, it's about time. It's, it, they're talking about time. And what do we do with that time that we have here? Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about the different gifts of love. You all have heard of those gifts, right? Amen. And on uh, the third week, we'll be doing acts of service. And the fourth week, Vicar is going to talk about what? Affirmation, which is right up her bailiwick anyway. So um, this Advent, hopefully what we're teaching you is how do you express this love? How do we take this love that God has for us that is so unconditional that no matter what we do, we can't screw it up and lose it? How do we take that love into the world that we live in? And especially with what we're calling Christmas. <clears throat> Am I bouncing too No, much? you're fine. Okay. Um, so here's today's reading. It comes from the 24th chapter of Matthew, beginning with the 36th verse. But the exact day and hour, no one knows that. Not even heaven's angels. Not even the child of humanity. Only God knows. By the way, I'm going to stop right there for a second. I'm going to throw in my little aside. So when you start seeing these idiots on TV tell you when the end of the world is, don't listen to it. It's all a bunch of garbage. Okay? If this world ends before God intends for it to end, that's because we've done something. Okay? It's not because anybody knows or needs a dime of your money trying to make money telling you end of the world stories or what God's going to do in the end times. Amen? Alright. That was just my side. Thing. 
The arrival of the Son of Humanity will take place in time like Noah's, right up to the day that Noah boarded the ark. They knew nothing until the flood hit and swept everything away. The Son of Humanity's arrival will be like that. Two men will be working in the field, one will be taken, one left behind. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, one left behind. So stay alert. You have no idea what day your master will show up. But you do know this. You know that if the homeowner had known what time of night the burglar would arrive, the homeowner would have been there with their dogs to prevent the break-in. Be vigilant just like that. You have no idea when the Son of Humanity is going to show up. Amen. So, why is this a great first week in Advent? Because we're waiting, right? I mean, that's what they... We're waiting for the expected king. However, I will tell you this morning, we're, we're a little... You know, we're 2,000 years after the fact. Amen? We know that Jesus got here, and we know what Jesus taught us. All of this garbage about worrying about end times is just that. And we should listen to Jesus. We ought to be doing something with our time here. Not just sitting there waiting or sitting there worried about who's doing the sin. Because quite frankly, um, you remember what was it a couple of weeks ago when I told you about the kid that went to his his uh, pastor and was saying, God, what can I do about all this killing and, and all of this stuff and all this bad stuff happening around that's not around me? And the pastor said to the kid that, you know, you are the one that can change that. You're the one that's been called by God for that mission. And you know who that kid was, right? Bishop Desmond Tutu. So this morning, as you're sitting here in Advent and you're waiting, think about what it is that you can do to express the love. Never mind all this timing. You know, I thought it was really great. In the older uh, traditional uh, relation, um, sorry, translation of the scripture, uh, I always used to like the old translation because it said two men were in bed. <laughs> and one got taken. <laughs> And one was left. I, I just like the idea that they put two men in bed. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah? Sorry. <laughs> two women out in the field. One's gone. One's, one's left behind. We don't know. And it's going to happen when it's going to happen. By the way, folks, do any of you know when you're going to die? No. But I know I'm going to die. That's the only thing we know. That at some point we are going to breathe our last in this particular dimension, in this particular space. But we don't know when that's going to happen. And the admonishment from Jesus is, we ought to be ready to meet God at any time. <clears throat> and how do we get ready to meet God? It's by doing these things that I've decided that I like to call them actionable. What do we do with our life that makes our life have quality time? Martin the Cobbler is in Leo Tolstoy's story about a lonely shoemaker who is promised in a dream that Christ will come visit his shop. The next day, Martin rises early, gets his shop ready, prepares a meal, and he waits. And the only one who showed up in the morning was an old beggar who came 
and asked for some rest. And Martin gave him his room that he had prepared for his divine guest. And the only one to show up in the afternoon was some old lady heavy, with a heavy load of wood. And she was hungry and she asked for food. So the cobbler gave her some food that he had prepared for his divine guest. And of course, evening came and a lost boy wandered by and Martin took him into his home, afraid all the while that he would miss the Christ. That night in his prayers, he said to the Lord, where were you? I've waited for you all day. You know what's coming, amen? The Lord said to Martin, three times I came to your door today. Three times my shadow was on the floor. I was the beggar with the bruised feet. I was the woman whom you fed. I was the homeless child on the street. What are you doing with your life? If you're living your life because you're waiting to see what God is going to say, understand that God has already said it. I have made you wonderfully and uniquely in my image. And it's not. So this first week in Advent, if you want to spend quality time, try loving somebody. You know, in the book, it gave us eight things that we're supposed to do to express love for quality time. <clears throat> One, maintain eye contact when you're talking to somebody. Have you ever noticed that? Have you noticed when you're sitting down and talking with somebody that they're looking at anybody but you? And, it, and, it, and yeah, it's horrible. And I'll tell you what, it drives me crazy enough that I will go out of my way to make eye contact at that point, even if I have to be obvious about it. <laughs> Amen? So if you see me doing that, you know. And I'll tell you what, and, I, and I've been told this, and I figured it out a long time ago, when you make eye contact, even if you're saying something stupid, people love you. You know how I know that? Because people say I'm a good preacher. You know why you say I'm a good preacher? Because I keep eye contact with you. It gives people patience to see where you're going to go. I remember uh, that was the thing about the transgender service. You know, I, I told you all that I understand now how you feel about me. Because when she started her sermon, I had no idea where she was going. I, I was sitting there going... Lord, is she going to bring, this is supposed to be about transgender. What is she doing? And you know, five, ten minutes into it, she pulled it all together. But you know what helped stay with that was because she made eye contact with everybody in the church. She looked around that room. It was as if she were talking to you personally. Here's another one. Don't engage in activities while you're listening to someone. Hello? Put your phones away. <laughs> If you're having a conversation with somebody, put your phone away. Stay off the phone. I can tell you it's crazy. People used to come into my office, you know, and, and, and they'd start to talk to me, and I was busy doing something, and I would keep... I, I realized that that was rude. It means that what they're saying to me is not all that important. So when you're talking to somebody and, and, and you're having this conversation, look them in the eye. And stop doing whatever it was you were doing before they got there. It'll wait. Listen for feelings. How do you listen for feelings? Anybody got an idea on that? Tone of voice. People. Tone of voice. 
people stayed in emotion, like I'm happy, I'm angry, I'm sad. How many times do you go by in the day and you walk by somebody and they say, Hey, Mike, how are you? And Mike says, How are you, Pastor? That's not usually what gets said. What usually gets said is what? Hey, I'm fine, and everybody moves on. Nobody gives a shit what was just happening there. So, really, what this stage is about, be intentional about listening to what people are saying about their feelings. If you ask them, then listen for it. How are you feeling today? You're good. Amen. You know, if you want to continue the conversation, what are you feeling good about? <laughs> about yourself. Amen. That works. Amen. You get to see how that works? That Just that little piece, friends, is being able to share that love that God gives with us. Because it's exactly what God does for us. God listens to what we say Amen. without interruption most times. Ask reflective questions. We just, you just saw an example of that. You're feeling good? What are you feeling good about? You're feeling bad? And see, this is the problem, that we don't want to get involved, amen? But love does not have a choice but to get involved. If God loves you unconditionally, God has no choice but to be involved in your life. If you love God, you have no choice but to be involved in your relationship with God. If you love one another, you've got to be involved with one another and listen to what each other says. Make sure people know that you've heard them. Amen? Express an understanding. And if you don't understand what they're saying, say so. Don't give up. And then finally, I don't know why this is a missing piece in so much of our dialogue with each other. I know we forget with God, but simply ask, is there anything you can do? Is there anything I could do for you today? Nah, man, I'm, I'm cool. Okay, how about this? I'll pray for you. <coughs> you know, people tell me on Facebook all the time, it's kind of funny, because you know that whole poking thing they have on Facebook? Now, you know, gay men, there's all kinds of jokes about that poking, amen? And all that kind of stuff. And I finally had somebody one day, because I've got, out of all my friends on, 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 on my Facebook list, I've got probably about 150 pokers. Amen. That I poke every day. And they poke me back, because that's the only way you know to poke them. I know, see, you gay men who have dirty minds, y'all are just falling into the gutter. But other people are sitting there going, damn, it's Facebook, what good is that? Well, it's because when people ask me why I do it, here's why. Because when I poke you, it means I'm thinking about you. I am praying for you. I have nothing but good thoughts for you. It used to be, my friends, that we poked each other because we would make a telephone call. Or we would send a note. Or we would just drop by somebody's house. That love, that quality time, instead of waiting around to see when the end is going to come, do something actionable. Call a friend. Give them a little poke. 
offer them your prayer. And more importantly, give them, as a gift this Advent, your love. Amen.